Hi, everyone. This is Who's. Before we get to this week's episode, we wanted to take a moment to address the tragic events that took place in Charlottesville on Sunday. As a double Who and someone whose family still lives in the area, Charlottesville has been my second home for as long as I can remember. Our hearts go out to the family, friends, teammates, and coaches of Lavelle Davis, Deshaun Perry, and Devin Chandler, as well as the entire UVA community as they begin the process of this senseless incident. The MBG podcast has made contributions to the GoFundMe campaigns of Lavelle, Deshaun, and Devin, and we're including links to their GoFundMe pages in the show description. Stay strong, Charlottesville. Our thoughts are with you. Welcome to the MBG podcast. Let's fire everybody. Welcome, everybody, to episode number six of the Message Board Geniuses Podcast. This is Who's, and with me, of course, today are Casey and my man, MBG. How are we doing tonight, guys? Fantastic. We're doing great. Yeah, I'm doing fantastic as well. All right, so week 11 is in the books. Big Sexy, your uh, Clemson Tigers (laughs) had a nice little bounce back this week, right? Yeah, they really did. They came to play and all those other cliches. It was a fun game to watch. Never really felt like it was in doubt, even though the score was a little closer than it should have been, probably. A couple turnovers still, but DJ was okay. I, I was pleasantly surprised. It was a nice, laid-back, easy Saturday, I guess. Yeah, I think I messaged you. I was uh, took my daughter to her tennis lesson, and that was the one college football game they had on at the tennis club. It was like all tennis matches and Clemson <laughs> versus Louisville, so I got to catch a lot of the game. It um, was on, the, I think, ESPN or yeah. maybe ABC, so it was an easy channel for them to have on, I think. Yeah, but it was a nice win. Louisville had been playing pretty well they coming were. in. So. Malik Cunningham was hurt, and you could tell he was wearing something on his his non-throwing hand during uh, during the – first part of the game and they didn't run him for two the first two series and i and and i know joy's coming in later but she was at the game it was just odd the first two series that he didn't run at all yeah i said something's up with this kid because i was so nervous about him because he's so dang dynamic yeah yeah and he took a nasty hit at one point in the first half too right before halftime i think right that one was big yes yeah and he fell on his both hands and it was actually a shoulder injury so yeah Good win for the Tigers. I'm happy. All right. Miami this week. Here we go. MBG, the Utah State Aggies got another dub against Hawaii. Yeah, you know how you know if you're a big-time program? (laughs) No. (laughs) If if you play at 11 p.m. Eastern time and you have to download an app to be able to watch the game, and then when you watch the game – you can see like food trucks and stuff in the background. That's how you know it's big time. Did uh, you play I, your games at Wake Forest? Is that where the game was with the food trucks? Because well, that's what they know, have for their concessions there. Aloha Stadium, where Hawaii used to play, got condemned. And so they're building a new one. So they're playing on like a high school field. 
Oh, is that so right? it was like there's like a track around it, and you can see like food trucks <laughs> off around the track. There's probably like I don't know fourteen hundred people there, so you know you're big time. Um, so we're just waiting for the SEC to call now. I'm sure they Sankey was up watching that game. On I'm, I'm sure he downloaded the Team One Sports app so he can watch that. Well, I was awake, MBG at at ten o'clock because you said you said I think you said ten o'clock. Because you're That's in Central time. time, right? So I was up at ten o'clock, which is surprising for me on a Saturday night, and I was ready. I was ready to figure out what channel Utah State was on. And then when I looked, it said eleven, and I said, "There's no chance that I'm <laughs> <at> eleven o'clock." <laughs> yeah, but I wanted it was a late to support. Night. Yeah, it's all right. We well, won though. It's good. Speaking of the SEC, though, uh, Utah State remains for another week the king of the Aggies. You guys are five and five now, right? Yeah, New no Mexico State us. is uh, four and five, and and Texas A&M after yet another loss, <laughs> they are uh, bringing up the rear at three and seven. So that invite might be coming sooner than you think, man. Yeah, good. I'll, I'll <laughs> watch the mailbox. Yeah, <laughs> you're already playing in front of those SEC crowds. So look for the green sticker, the certified <laughs> mail. <laughs> that's how they. That's how they send out the invitations. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, so that brings us to Genius of the Week. As always, each of us is going to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, someone who did something spectacularly dumb, funny, whatever, this past week. So, Casey, who you got? I'm going this week to the Big Ten and James Franklin. I don't know if you guys saw this, but in the game last week against Maryland, James Franklin was his usual mouthy self. Well, apparently they actually can throw flags on coaches for unsportsmanlike conduct, but I just I'm just curious as to what he actually did to get a 15 yard penalty. Needless to say, he did cost his team 15 yards, and he proceeded to go down on the ground and do push-ups as a form of punishment to himself. So I just thought that was rather funny. I miss that. That's awesome. All right, so MBG, I'm almost waiting with bated breath to see who you've picked this week. We've had a, a run for the last few weeks of Ohio State fans. Who's your genius of the week for this week? Well, you're right. Ohio State fans are three-time defending champions. In this <laughs> they contest. have won, They have swept it so far. So who do you guys think is my genius of the week this week? It's got to be Alabama. Well, I'm going with Ohio State fans just because I'm going to ride the hot hand. I'm going to let Ohio State off the hook this week. <laughs> what? <laughs> But I will say it was a close call because I checked the Ohio State boards after one drive. They punted on their first drive, and they were pissed. I got <laughs> posts that were still mad at C.J. Stroud and still mad at Ryan Day after one drive. But that was it. I couldn't really find much after that. So well, because they think... put up like 60-some points, didn't they? Yeah, it was <laughs> But they were really concerned after that first two and a half minutes of the game. So, no, I'm going to let them off the hook. So, we're going to, have right. new, we're going to have a new champion this week. And, Casey, you are correct. It's the Alabama fan. And we've talked the last few weeks about Nick Saban, right, and his overall record. So, Alabama has Nick Saban coaching and last year's Heisman winner, Bryce Young. And they're playing Old Miss. They fall behind. And guess what Alabama fans want to do? Get rid of everybody. They want to bench Bryce Young, fire coaches. So this is just a sample 
of some of the things that Alabama fans said during that game. Time to bench Bryce. Season's over. Let the young guys play. Bryce isn't moving the ball anyways. The quarterback is as much of the problem as the offensive coordinator. Been past time, except Milrow isn't the answer. With Mac Jones, we're undefeated the last two seasons. <laughs> Not even close, especially on offensive coaching. Saban doesn't even know. Nothing works, even a little. And we're standing around shrugging. Screw recruiting. Fire these pieces of crap at halftime. Enough is enough. Wow. <laughs> wow. wow. Y'all remember when we weren't a bottom-tier SEC team? Those were <laughs> oh good times. God. What was Ole Miss ranked going in? Weren't they like number six, something like that, or seven? Uh, yeah, exactly. They've only lost what two games? Or, I think that was their one. second loss, right? I think they only oh. have one loss going in, right? Yeah, yeah, to LSU, right? And then, yeah. and then this one, and then this guy says, "Put Milrow in," which is the backup quarterback. It can't be any worse. Well, at one point, Milrow did play during the season, and they all hated him because they thought he was terrible. But they're ready to put him back in. <laughs> And then this other guy says, this looks like a Mike Shula coach team. Very solid. Oh, oh. <laughs> Anytime so, Mike Shula's name gets invoked, you know that they're they're going deep, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so obviously we know Alabama won that game. Um, so I'm guessing that none of them really meant what they said anymore. But um, for wanting to bench Bryce Young and fire the coaches, I think Alabama fans are the geniuses of the week this week. And- and for those of you that out there that are going to feel bad for Alabama and Bryce Young, don't worry. They have two more, four-star, four- or five-star, depending on what recruiting site you look at, quarterbacks that are on the way. So don't fret, Alabama fan. I'm just more glad they won. coming that way. They, uh, they bought Saban one more week. I was glad to see that. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how this shakes out. Yeah, Bryce Young um, bought one more week of starting. We'll see what happens. <laughs> All right, so I think I have some competition for you this week, MBG. So my oh. genius of the week is the Oregon Duck. <laughs> so in the, the lead-up to Oregon's game against the Washington Huskies, the Oregon Duck wanted all the smoke. I don't know if you guys have seen the Duck on Twitter. The Duck unleashed an epic torrent of trash talk to Harry the Husky. And I, I have a, a few highlights here that I jotted down. Uh, Harry the Husky says, okie dokie artichoke when you ask him to do something. Harry the Husky wiggles his fingers and says, ooh, don't mind if I do, when there are hors d'oeuvres on the table. <laughs> Harry the Husky hands out toothbrushes on Halloween. And finally, when someone asks how Harry the Husky's day was, he actually tells them. So there was literally like 40 of these in a row leading up to the game. The problem, of course, when you unload the chamber before the game is you kind of have to win to back it up, right? So... Mm-hmm. What happened here, Oregon loses. I don't know if you guys saw the end of that game. Oh, but yeah, I did. Yeah, that was a tough one. The Duck went on radio silence, and Harry the Husky had the last word tweeting. I don't know why this killed me. Oregon Duck lost, LOL. So <laughs> Those are some brutal takedowns. <laughs> Absolutely brutal. I don't know how anybody recovers from any of those. <laughs> I did like the, um, there was someone that responded to that tweet with the whole dog, dog in, you know, the x-ray with the ribs and stuff where they usually show he's got some dog in him, except except it said he's not some ordinary dog. He's a freaking wolf. (laughs) 
I don't know. It all sounded good, MBG, but now that I read it out loud, I mean, it's not just because you're in charge here, but I, I think I might have to give you the edge. I think you might be the four-time defending champ this week. I don't know. Casey, what do you think? I, I liked yours a lot, but there's no question that Alabama <laughs> fans are at the top. Yeah, I don't And I like yours a lot. <laughs> those Pac-12 guys are going to have to pick up the insults a little bit. The oh, don't mind if I do. They crack me up if I'm being honest. I thought no, that if was, it was the Stanford tree yeah. and the Oregon Duck going. I think that we'd be in for some epic stuff. Right. All right, so Casey, we need to start doing our homework on these to uh, seriously try and knock off the king. I think you guys are just letting me win. I, oh, you don't know me very. I don't let my kids win. I'm not going to let you win. <laughs> <laughs> my kids were just talking about that. They're like. Even when we were little, did you let us win his stuff? And I was like, no. <laughs> I tried. I, I couldn't do it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually making an effort here, MBG. <laughs> All right. We'll try harder next week. All right. <laughs> All right. Before we get to this week's message board post, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home, once again, for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. All right, so MBG, what do you have for us this week? Well, there's only one place to start, and that's really the only place that anybody wants to, the only thing anybody really wants to talk about, and that's Auburn. Uh, I know the CFP rankings came out today, and we're getting towards the end of the season, but nobody cares about that. It's coaching search time. (laughs) And so that's where we're going to start. And we're going to start with the all-time message board insider of Fat Tom 22, we got a Fat Tom 22 what? update within oh, within a few hours. This is somewhat hot off the presses. And we know Fat Tom obviously is legendary for predicting almost the precise time that Brian Harson was going to get fired. So we look to him to kind of fill us in on what's going on at Auburn. And so this is this is what he posted just hours ago. He says, phone call I just got. My source said he thinks Auburn has outbid Ole Miss for Lane Kiffin. Looks like 10 years, close to 12 million a year. Hope he's right, right? So that's the latest. I mean, and based on the track record, I got to believe this. So uh, looks like Lane Kiffin has a huge offer from Auburn on the table, which when I saw this, it reminded me of a post that I saw on an Auburn board back on November 2nd. I don't know if you guys saw this, but this was on the from the Auburn Live board, on three board. And he says, per a reliable source inside Neville Arena, quote, I was sitting behind a booster and he was exchanging texts with another booster, claiming that they are confident that Kiffin and Sexton are on the same page about final contract negotiations. Leading into tomorrow, they expect Kiffin to accept an under-the-table offer, which will result in him being Auburn's head coach as of November 27th. Granted, the Rebels aren't playing for an SEC championship. Something to consider. So we might have another insider, the text message voyeur, uh, I was going to say, that's a, is that a source? Someone who peeks at other people's <laughs> text messages? I don't know why. Like, 
If I had a nickel for every time I peeked at somebody's text messages, I'd <laughs> I'd be really rich. <laughs> said really manly the way I said peaked, by the way. I'm, I'm really, gonna be really happy when that comes out. <laughs> well, we're gonna find out on November twenty seventh. What's well that's what's that? The week Yeah. Because they're yeah. not I mean they can't play in the SEC championship at this point, right? Isn't it? Yeah. So that looks so. like it's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. So, you know, these you put these two together, Fat Tom and our other friend, and this may have been in the works for quite some time with the final numbers. Trey Smith Lover. Yeah, Trey Smith Lover. He's got no track record with us, right? But so I I don't put a lot of credence in what he's saying, except that Fat Tom 22 seems to be supporting it. So, yeah, yeah, I'll be shocked if it doesn't happen now. I, is he is he really going to go there? I just I, I don't see it. But I, maybe I'm just naive. But once Fat Tom says it, I swear on everything holy. I'm like, huh, maybe. Well, as a non-SEC guy, I didn't look at those two jobs as that much different, to be honest with you. But Fat Tom in his other posts has made it pretty clear that he thinks Auburn is a much better job. So, but if but if Kip wants, who am I to disagree with Fat Tom? Yeah, if Bam, if Kiffin wants that Bama job, he's not getting it now. Right, eventually. You mean if he goes to Auburn? If he goes to Auburn, he's not getting it. Well, I yeah, I don't know. All I'm looking know. for is there are two ways that this works out great for us. One is if Lane Kiffin never takes the Auburn job, there's going to be a gigantic meltdown, and the way that we look at Fat Tom Twenty Two will forever change. <laughs> or <laughs> the other way which would be fantastic for us, not so much for Auburn fans, would be if Lane Kiffin were to take the Auburn job and Nick Saban were to retire after next season and then Lane Kiffin were to take the Alabama job after just one year at Auburn. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Yeah. That's how long he was at Tennessee, right? Wasn't he at Tennessee for a year before he split? It wasn't long. Or am I not remembering that right? It was not long. Yeah. I mean, his track record tells you that he certainly – would be open to making <laughs> making moves when the when one was presented to him. I, listen, I will tell you there are two athletes or coaches who in the last 20 years have completely rehabilitated themselves in my eyes. Guys who I couldn't stand and now I think are awesome. One is Lane Kiffin and the other is JJ Redick. And I listen, I never thought I'd be able to say I like JJ Redick, so that one is <laughs> is more surprising, but I couldn't stand Kiffin early on. I think he's hilarious now, just because he's a troll. He just doesn't care. So yeah, I hope I hope he goes there at least for Alabama the next year. That would be hilarious. Yeah, he's pretty likable at this point. I mean, we say that. I don't know how old Miss fans are going to feel um, if he leaves and takes the Auburn job. I mean, that's kind of a punch in the gut if you're an old Miss fan to have a coach leave and stay in the conference. It's basically an acknowledgement that you're probably not in the top tier of that conference. Right. Um, so I'm guessing that that's a bit of a punch in the gut. For a lateral move, really. And let's be honest, that's a lateral move. I, I, I mean, I'll argue with anybody that says it's not. Right now, it may even seem like a step-down move. Being a fan of a G5 school, it, it's always hard when you have a coach that up and leaves and he goes to a P5 school it hurts, but you understand, okay, well, you know, they're on a different level than we are and they can offer money that we can't offer. But to be a fan of a team who has a coach leave and 
just kind of goes across the street to one of your neighbor's house. That's got to be tough. I think Ole Miss fans are kind of feeling it. And any time that you see this, uh, a coaching change happen, inevitably on a message board, you're going to get someone make a post like this guy did on the Ole Miss board, the Grove. This is a guy, <laughs> his name is Holdout38. And you know he's kind of trying to make sense of this whole thing. And keep in mind, Lane Kiffin has not gone anywhere yet, but he's preparing himself. He says, <laughs> he says, I had a girlfriend once which is probably a surprising statement in and of itself. <laughs> he says, we were perfect together. I let her be herself and do her own thing. We were happy, but I guess she wanted more. She broke up, broke my heart, and went to a more established guy with more money. They were together for some time, but eventually divorced. I was sad for a while, but in the end came out stronger. I actually rebuffed her later, her later attempts at reconciliation. Sometimes... Maybe it's better to stick with someone who understands you and gives you space and allows you to be you, even if the money spigots don't turn all the way on. So I like the analogy. I think he left out an important factor here is, and I'll play this out, but how much alimony did she get when she got divorced? Because if you go to Auburn and you get divorced there, you're going to get a lot of money, right? That, that seems like a little uh, minute detail that he uh, he left out of the equation here. Yeah, which if Fat Tom 22's numbers are right, I mean, he's getting a Jimbo Fisher type deal. So when you talk alimony, he's <laughs> he's definitely got money coming his way. And we all know schools can't go wrong making Jimbo Fisher sized deals. So oh. <laughs> it always works out. It does. Just like marriage, right? <laughs> but it's always my favorite because you always get some message board poster is inevitably going inevitably going to compare coaching a coach's relationship to a school with a marriage or a dating relationship as though they're at all similar. <laughs> well, a marriage, a dating relationship, or as we've seen, a venereal disease. Don't forget about that. That's the other one that it gets compared to sometimes. That is true. <laughs> so they, maybe they don't call it, is it sexually transmitted disease, I guess? Maybe that's the we'll accept either the answer. politically correct term. I don't know. <laughs> we'll accept both answers. So, I mean, it, it seems like it's, this is really tough for Ole Miss fans to stomach and it seems like they're trying to find other ways to cope. So there was another post that was today on the old Miss board. This one's even better. This is a guy called JP Rebel is his name. And he says, was the SEC officiating on Saturday intended to help Auburn land Kiffin? Call me a conspiracy theorist, he says, if you'd like. I don't care. Lane wants to beat Bama bad. He knows the SEC officials prevented that on Saturday. It's an issue. I don't think Lane thinks Auburn is a significantly better job than here, if any, but the anti-Ole Miss bias is a problem in multiple areas, officiating being one that he can't control. So his theory appears to be that the officials are driving Lane Kiffin away from Ole Miss right into the hands of Auburn. <laughs> Oh, SEC fan. I mean, is there an anti-Ole Miss bias, or is it just a perceived pro-Alabama bias, right? 
Who's? I don't know. I think there's an anti every school that you're you root for bias because you could find that anywhere. MBG can't on any message board. There's always a bias against your school. I see it on the Clemson boards. Sure, you see it on USU board. Yep, there there there's always some reason why the refs are out to get you. Um, I'm assuming that this one here is probably just a a Alabama that the refs are favoring Alabama, which. I didn't bring these today, but there were some old Miss posts after that game who the posters were trying to encourage um, other old Miss fans to protest the SEC. And even one fan who sent an email to Greg Sankey um, and the SEC offices at some point during the second quarter of the game. So there might be that one on Twitter. That was fantastic. I mean, clearly they don't watch the podcast because everyone knows the email is not the way to go. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that thing probably went right to spam. Whereas right. if there was some other means of delivery where you could assure <laughs> that it was received, that would be the best way to do it. Um, I don't know if there's any any form of communication out there where you could do that. A fax? <laughs> Number two after certified letter. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about facts, Casey. Those, you don't know what's going to happen to those papers once they roll off that fax machine. That's true. There's no read receipt that comes with a fax, mm-hmm. is there? <laughs> no, there's no, there's no way to go home and actually prove that that was received. So I think Ole Miss fans are really going through it. They lose to Bama now. You know, uh, after what appears to be a good season, they might lose Lane Kiffin. Things appear to be rough in Oxford. But we'll see how that search turns out. Uh, maybe they end up with Hugh Freeze or Jeff Grimes. Who knows? But those aren't the only uh, coaching searches going on right now, right? Oh, no. There's, a, there's another good one. Nebraska. Nebraska is uh, looking. Um, there were some rumors the other day that it was for sure going to be Matt Rule. But that really never materialized. I guess it still could. But you guys remember we had a post, oh, back in September – where there was a janitor at the stadium who said that they had seen Trev Albers meet with another coaching candidate. You guys remember that? I do. You remember who that candidate was? I, uh, I believe it may have been urban Meyer. The, the urban Meyer was spotted by a janitor meeting with Trev Albers. Well, we didn't hear much about herb after that. So it seemed like uh, maybe that was never going to happen. Whatever him and Trev talked about, didn't end up working out until yesterday. Yes. And there was a poster on the Nebraska rivals board. He posts a post that says urban and he says, look, don't shoot the messenger. He's copy and pasting this from a buddy's account that works at a barber shop in Lincoln. There it is. There it is. Barbershop talk. He says a huge Nebraska donor gets his haircut at our shop. Told us it'll be announced after the game. He was betting anyone who wanted the bet. The new head coach at Nebraska is Urban Meyer. He said the deal with the Baylor coach was almost done, but he backed out. Trev threw the money at Urban. It's a four-year, $8 million a year deal. Mickey stays and is groomed to take over. Said it's beyond a done deal. I'm excited, but we'll see by Sunday if it's true. But if you knew the source, I'd say it's 99.9% facts. Go Big Red. Well, <laughs> I, I mean. What happened? There, 
<laughs> there you have it. I mean, look, this this is this Sunday it's going to be announced. Oh, this Ooh, Sunday. Oh, this oh Sunday. okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, no, this guy, it's, I mean, he's still on. So we now have a janitor and a barber um, who can vouch for urban talks. There's two professions that you can get all the good gossip. Those are the two, right? Janitors and barbers. Uh, if anybody would know, those are the two that know. And apparently there's uh, one of each in Lincoln who thinks urban is going to be the guy. And I love speaking of barbershops that this guy's PFP has a, what looks like a glorious mullet. I don't know if you all if you all can see it, but it's it's impressive flow. No, that looks like pictures of my dad when I was a kid. <laughs> Plaid flannel shirt. This is a done deal, right? I I don't remember seeing anyone who has come out and said 99.9% certainty before. No, even Fat Tom, I think he left a little room for, um, well, he equivocated a little bit. He says at the end of his post that he hopes he's right. This guy doesn't even need any hope. Well, he did leave himself that (laughs) 0.1%. That's true. In case he's wrong. That's true. He can still save face, I suppose, and say, hey, I didn't say it was 100%. But what do you guys think about Urban in Nebraska? I'm still rooting for Dion, personally. Uh, I know I've said that several weeks that we've been doing this podcast, but I, I think Dion in Nebraska would be fantastic. I I mean, Urban anywhere is going to be Urban. I just I, look at their pedigree, and I don't see how he fits, but just what they've had in the past with Tom, uh, Bo Pelini and all the guys that they've had, Tom Osborne, you name it. I just don't see how Herb fits there. But I said the same thing about Ohio State. We saw how that happened. Well, uh, to be fair, there was another poster who claimed that Lance Leopold was a done deal in Nebraska and should be announced this week as well. Was that 99.9%? Maybe he's 0.1%. Yeah, he didn't put a percentage on there. Um, But I've also seen several other... Um, candidates out there like Dave Doran, his name has been tossed out there. I wouldn't be um, sad. I'll, I'll help him pack. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Bill O'Brien's name still comes up. Dave Aranda's right. name comes up. All the candidates. I saw today that someone thought that maybe Oklahoma would fire Brent Venables and Urban could just hire Brent Venables as defensive coordinator. Oh, I'm so, sure that'll happen. <laughs> that's Natural always possible just like building a fantasy coaching roster right yeah. a little bit so, so that's that's kind of what's going on in the coaching searches well have, just as an aside have you guys ever i mean i spent a decent amount of time in barber shops and i don't ever remember hearing real news ever and i when i was in Law school, Howie Long and I had the same barber, which is just amusing as hell. And he'd go in there and he was super cool. But like he wasn't talking about NFL inside stuff. You know what he talked about? Every time I saw him in there, landscaping his yard. That was all he talked about. <laughs> and he would do it for like an hour. He would just, you know, with the barbers, just hang out and talk about all of his trees. So I must be going to the wrong barber shop because I've never gotten any inside scoop like this before. Howie Long, wait, Howie Long was in the barbershop for an hour. His haircut looks like I could probably do that in probably seven minutes. This is how cool he is. He would come in and not like want to go to the head of the line. So he would just hang out and oh, wait. I see. While other, and he and I got our haircut by the same guy. And so he would just hang out like everybody else and just talk. Who's, 
whatever. You were one of those that you were like, no, I'll wait for I'll wait for Jimbo to come. Oh man, any yeah, anytime Howie was in there, I just made up excuses to hang out. He's cool as hell. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) I will say this. So Mr. Staples, who cut both of our hair. Said to me every time he cut my hair, and he ne- I never heard him say this to Howie Long. He'd finished cutting my hair, and he had Mr. Staples was about 80 years old, this awesome dude. He'd cut my hair and he'd step back and he'd go, Young man, you have a nice shaped head. And I always thought it was funny, and it also creeped me out just a tiny bit. So <laughs> those are my two main takeaways from, from getting my hair cut in law school. And he never said that to Howie? He never did. Nope. Well, I would take that as a compliment. No, I, I Listen, I'll take whatever I can get. I mean, Howie Long still looks like he's, he probably looks longer than me at this point. I don't know if you guys have seen him lately, but the dude doesn't age. All right. So does that bring us to our weekly dose of joy with our friend, Joy Daly? How you doing tonight, Joy? I'm thriving. Thriving. <laughs> you guys had a close one this weekend, but pulled it out. We did indeed. You know, it's a dub on the schedule. It's all that matters. Clearly, That's the right. committee is not, not tripping that much because they moved us up a spot. So, Where'd you watch that game? Um, I watched that game in the beautiful town of Clemson, South Carolina. <laughs> I watched the second half on oh. my phone as I sat in Memorial Stadium. And I will say I had a lot more fun watching the Clemson game than I did the LSU game. That is for sure. I thought sure. maybe you were going to say you were at the SO Club watching. You know, I just... No, I wasn't at that. So I watched it from home for the first first half and then walked to the stadium. Were the refs out to screw LSU on Saturday? <laughs> no. LSU what? was out to screw LSU on Saturday. <laughs> so the refs, the refs were out to screw Arkansas is what you're saying. <laughs> it has to be one or the other, right? I mean, it has to be. So, yeah, we'll go with Arkansas on that one. I watched that game. From start to finish, because it was the nooner leading into the 3.30 Clemson game. And I'm I, so and sorry. I had money on it. it and, there's the key, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, oh, and, and I also, had money on LSU, and at halftime I'm saying, what the heck's going on? <laughs> you this and is not the goes. same team I watched last week. I feared that that might right? happen. I, I th- We usually have a hangover after the Alabama game, so I was a little weary. And Arkansas always plays LSU tough every year. It was that first half. After the first half, I was like, I am not convinced that we're winning this game. It's not about but, the uh, I think. Yeah, by the grace of God and Harold Perkins Jr., we won that game. <laughs> he's a stud. He was a monster. stud. He is a mm-hmm. stud. He's a true yeah, freshman too, right? True freshman. You know, and you know, um, he was committed to Texas A&M, and then he flipped. So it's just another notch on my Jimbo hate train. The, the, the change in the tone of your voice and the look on your face whenever you talk about Texas A&M taking the suck in some way is, is awesome. It's, it's incredibly enjoyable. I'm going to post for us this week, Joy. Of course I do. Of course All I right. do. And in the, in the heart of me going to Clemson and realizing just – how much they hate South Carolina and the Gamecocks. I had to choose one from a South Carolina board. Um, so this is from the Big Spur board, and the author is Blade of Grass. And honestly, he was being genuine and he was being kind, but I just have a couple of things I need to say to him. 
And the subject of his post was bringing infant to a game. And he said, my wife and I are planning on bringing our six-week-old newborn to the Tennessee game next week. Does anyone have recommendations on bringing an infant and dealing with changing and feeding them? It's my understanding that kids under two are free. This true? Thank you in advance. One thing Lindgren. I really like about this one is that if I had questions, I, I have a, a young son myself, and if I had questions about this, I would definitely go to the message boards first rather than go to, I don't know, say the school, the athletic department, <laughs> you know, FAQ on the website, it's something. But no, right. definitely go to the big spur and ask. For sure. Yeah, I appreciate the dig. Like, he still managed to say tennis suck. Like, I appreciate <laughs> the, the added emphasis on that. But I just, I, like, just a couple questions. Number one, what the heck were you thinking having, having a child during football season? <laughs> like, Simple math. I want to talk math. to his wife. Like, are you feeling okay? And then also, I, I really would love to tell him, like, if you want your son to grow up, son or daughter, I don't know, he didn't specify, happy, healthy, whole, like mentally stable, maybe don't introduce them to the dumpster fire that is the South Carolina football program at six weeks old. Casey is giddy right now. <laughs> so uh, someone sent me saying this, but in, in, in female form, it's wonderful. <laughs> someone sent this post to me. And when I first read it, I thought I read six month old and I thought, well, why is this guy sending me this post? It's not that crazy. And then when I read it again, I, I saw that it was a six week old baby. I'm like, what is this guy thinking? Six weeks. I just feel like you're setting your child up to be disappointed for the rest of <laughs> his life. And yeah. also, like, if I'm a child and I'm growing up and then I get older and I realize, like, your pa my parents raised me to be a South Carolina fan, like, I, the relationship with your parents is harmed forever. Like, it's over. I would never trust my parents ever again. Is now where I throw in that my wife went to South Carolina or should I do that when <laughs> we wrap up? <laughs> My opinion doesn't change. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, we they, love own her, far, but... they own far more orange and blue than they do maroon and black. I'll just there say that. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't, Blade of Grass needs needs a reality check. The Also, one of the best parts, and we're not talking about it, is how many downvotes this post had. Like, I, people, I, I just really appreciate that people are like, what the heck is this person thinking? So I'm going to play. And it's not Rose. even going to be a good game. Like you're playing Tennessee, <laughs> you're going to get blown out. Minus forty-five. God. Your poor six-week-old is going to be traumatized early. No, the the mom is going to be traumatized early from having to take care of this six-week-old baby in a stadium full of who knows what and who knows who. See, I could sit by a six-week-old baby at a game. You know why? Because sitting by someone who's screaming, crapping their pants, and throwing up on themselves would be like watching a game with one of my college buddies. I mean, it's, the, it's the exact same experience. In with fact, no pants, who's with well, no yeah, pants. In fact, my buddy Vanilla Thunder, who I've mentioned to you guys before when we were in college, he hit for the excrement cycle one time <laughs> before the and after that I'm a here football for. game. He crapped himself. I won't say the S word, MBG. He then tried out an adult diaper, waiting in line at a Taco Bell, <laughs> beat himself, 
and then throw up on himself when he passed out that night. So I've never seen anyone else do all of that in one day before. So shout out to my boy. That six week old honestly might be the most relaxed person at that game because odds are they'll just sleep through it. Um, And that's probably what most South Carolina fans should, should opt to do. They're Unfortunately, really they're there. gonna go watch that. So. Yeah, they usually leave at halftime, so they'll, you know, that'll be okay. What? But Shane that, Beamer, man, come on, those hype videos. Oh, I mean, they might block a kick or have a fake field goal or something. Right. That'll be really cool. But other than that, they're not gonna win. No points for swag. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no points for swag, and they're gonna get to see a human in a shower, turn into a chicken. I mean, it's it's riveting, really. Sorry, my bias is obviously showing. <laughs> and I'm glad I have someone on my team here enjoy. <laughs> well, I'm just, my, uh, for everyone that just thinks I'm an SEC homer, I just horribly bashed an SEC team. So everyone can get <laughs> off my back now. Well, we can't, we can't let Joy leave without talking about one of our favorites. And really, we can't even have a show anymore without talking about... Uh, Jimbo! so in this week's version of texas a&m fans trying to figure out how to get rid of jimbo i've got two more posts here both from texags and the first one is from a poster named will frogate and he says fired for cause is insubordination a cause worthy offense to be fired over if so Bjork, the athletic director, needs to tell Jimbo he needs to win out the rest of the season or name an OC that will take over play calling duties prior to the early signing period or speak slow enough to understand in an on-field interview. Jimbo will obviously not comply and boom, insubordination, not following direct orders of the AD. Jimbo fired for cause. It's just that easy. It's simple. It's so easy. I mean, not that there's like an employment contract that would govern this situation or anything, right? Just, you know. I don't know. We don't have any. Speak slowly or you're fired. I'm I'm sure that's cause under the contract. (laughs) I think that's the only one he can't comply with. (laughs) Is to speak slow enough to understand. Like, this is is what I want to know. Did did he think, as he's typing this, did he think that he'd just come up with some new novel uh, legal uh, maneuvering that was going to all of a sudden void out this contract of Jimbo Fisher? That's exactly what he thought, because Texas A&M fans think that they are smarter than everyone else, kind of like their administration did when they hired Jimbo. And look where they are now. Well, aren't you good that Lil Frog 8 is an employment lawyer, right? (laughs) I know I did an office uh, reference last week, but this reminded me of the episode of The Office where uh, Michael was asking David Wallace if he can fire Toby. And he says, <laughs> I have cause. It's because I hate him. I hate him. <laughs> me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's basically what this is, right? Like, no, we don't want him. So, therefore, we have cause to fire him. Uh, it, it seems to make legal sense. I mean, <laughs> Well, how long have a lawyer who'd be happy to take this case? So, you know. How long have you been practicing law, Hoos? I've been a uh, an employment lawyer for 22 years. See, I got 18. So between us, we've got about 40 years of legal expertise. And I, I guarantee, I guarantee, well, Casey Joy, how many? Sorry, no. I didn't. 
<laughs> Negative seven. seven. Well, let's That's, just say between us, we have about 40 years of legal Among us, right, we, we average so between, the, between the four of us, we have 40 years of legal experience, and not one of us has ever come up with this idea before. I have not. It's novel. I know. <laughs> and that we're here looking like idiots who's because we've never thought of this before. And this, I, and frankly, really, it's, it's borderline malpractice that we've never thought of these arguments <laughs> in one of the cases we've handled. Little Frog Eight, I mean, he comes right up with this stuff. I mean, you've been... <laughs> so, look, if there's any potential clients out there, look, go to Little Frog Eight. Don't bother with who's your eye. Go to a real, real attorney that can get you out of a contract. <laughs> I'm not it's thinking of ways Jimbo can get fired. I want Jimbo to stay around. Well, I'm guessing that's what's going to happen. Unless. <laughs> it's a perfect transition, right? So just hear me out on this one, because I've got another way. If this for cause stuff doesn't doesn't quite work out, which I think it will, but just. On the 0.1% chance this doesn't work out. On the off chance that it does not. I've got another guy whose name is Shadow of Cuervo Ag also on Texags, and he says, what if ticket prices could fund a contract buyout? Could, should some level of surcharge be tacked onto ticket prices to fund a buyout of the head coach's contract? That way, the contract could be bought out by the 12th Man Foundation and financed through future ticket sales. Municipalities do it all the time to fund projects, all the time via special use tax. With all the facility upgrades occurring, can the athletic program and the 12th Man Foundation afford not to act? Seems like a logical way to get this done. If we can find a Bill Gates or Warren Buffett among our former students that is willing to drop the bills to get rid of a coach in exchange for the name on the stadium, the field could still remain Kyle Field. So looks like this guy's proposing some sort of a surcharge on the tickets uh, to collect that $86 million. He must be MBG, I did some math to prepare for this. I was about to say, how exactly how much would we have to charge for tickets? <laughs> well, here we go. <laughs> According to the Google machine, the Texas A&M holds, it said 102733 is what I used for my calculations, right? Let's say a $5 surcharge for tickets, six home games a year. That would come out to $3,082,000, which would mean <laughs> to get us $85 million would only take 27 and a half seasons to pay off the rest of Jimbo's contract. And how much of a surcharge? $5 a ticket. Yeah, yeah 27 years. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be dead. You even say that I, mean, I will be dead, literally. I'll be 80-something. Well, I mean, obviously, this guy had a had a much larger surcharge in mind, like maybe five hundred dollars a ticket. <laughs> That's true. I was I was unreasonable with uh, with my starting calculations. That's a good point. I think I saw a tweet that some lady had a picture holding a sign outside that said that they just need if uh, like eight hundred sixty thousand people just donated a hundred dollars that they would have enough money to buy them out if that's all they would need. I don't know if the math checks out, but that's yeah, what the sign said. Right. That's what the signs. I am just, actually it must be right. Amazed at this. Give it to us. I'm like I'm pretty 
I mean, first of all, like decent thought, I guess, but like, bro, not in a million years. And there's people that really believe they're going to pay his buyout this offseason. Like there are really fans that are like, oh, we're getting rid of them. I think he's going to wash buses, right? I mean, that's the. <laughs> or dishes. While right. they pay someone else a hundred million dollars. That's, like, yeah, that's the part they're not thinking about, right? You still have to hire somebody. <laughs> yeah. Lane Kiffin. <laughs> I thought but, he was already signed, sealed, delivered to Auburn. That appears well, to be the case. But that all that match just gives you an idea of how much money they're actually paying Jimbo Fisher. And he just that's insane. like re-upped before the season or signed an extension before the season, right? Yes. He signed an extension after 2020, after the COVID year, because they went nine and one, and that's what everyone got like really hyped on him. And so that's when the new AD signed him to this like insane extension. Got it. Which is what I've I've been warning my friends that are Tennessee fans. I'm like, don't do it. Don't go give Josh Heupel this insanely big extension because it never works out. Ask LSU fans who gave Ed Orgeron an extension after national championship and had to pay it out two years later. Oh, that, Don't do coming. it. That's coming, though. You know. Oh, they'll Michigan, do it. Michigan State did it with Mel Tucker, and so it's been – I mean, the precedent's kind of already set. For sure. Uh, Penn State did it with James Franklin. And yet none of it has worked. All those names so far, it's, it hasn't worked once. Here's the deal. I know we made fun of Mississippi for only being able to do mm-hmm. the four-year contract with Lane Kiffin, but they actually might have it better than everyone else because they can only sign him to a four-year deal. Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. I mean, think of think of Texas A&M and how much they're paying Jimbo Fisher, and you go and say, hey, we'll give you this name any G5 coach, and you pay him, I don't know, three or four million a year. Would you take him over Jimbo? Absolutely. And you probably get the same result. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's three and seven, right? I mean, you, at worst, you get the same results. Right. And just lost to an interim Auburn head coach that's never coached a day in his life. I mean, look yeah. at South South Carolina. That's essentially what they did with yep. Shane Beamer. I don't know what he makes, but I mean, they're getting what they paid for, but. He's gonna. Maybe. They're gonna end up with a better record than Texas A&M. I mean, they're even if they lose out, they'll be what six and six. So exactly. So, so yeah, going back to Ole Miss. I mean, you know, they're not going to be in that position. You know, if Kiffin walks, they know they're not going to be in Texas A&M's position uh, in the in the immediate future. Yep. I'm trying to look on the bright side for Ole Miss fans. Lane Kiffin's not going to Auburn. <laughs> Are you daring? To contradict Fat Tom, I am. I mean, I'll go. I'll me and I will face Fat Tom head on. We have to have him on the show. We can have some kind of. We need to have a conversation because I want to be like, I don't know who your source is, but your source is wrong. Who's your source, Joy? (laughs) Me, myself, and I, and my common sense. We only know Fat Tom to be in one for one. Look, oh. props to Fat Tom for being one for one, but you know everyone loses, and this is about to be Fat Tom's L because Lane Kiffin's not going to Auburn. You heard it here first. Hey, breaking we're, news! We're breaking news, man! And I, I and like I'm using my name, and I'm not on a message board. So if I'm wrong, you can come at me personally. <laughs> we don't have to go around searching for fat guys named Tom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review 
Also, check out MBG's website at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next week, losers. Losers. <laughs>